forgot to tell you this one thing this fucking joke that zach said and in the eye doctors because we were like in the room together mm-hmm. and he went first and he said something like he asked me something and his glasses were off and the guy left to take his glasses and uh he asked me something and i answered he said what and i said i repeated myself he said i'm sorry i can't hear you I don't have my glasses on <laughs> <laughs> and it was so i don't know why it was so funny i just thought about it for right now for a second and it was a dad joke but it got me it's he's okay. training he's training yeah, he's easing into it. We were at Joe's grandma's past couple of days, and she was saying something, and Joe was like, "Grammy, having a hard time hearing you. Sure, I'm saying huh a lot." And she goes, "Huh?" <laughs> Point made. <laughs> I wasn't part of the conversation, but I was at the table, and I kind of lost it. And then he lost it, and she's like, "What are you laughing at?" Like it completely went, <laughs> went over her head. <laughs> well, hopefully, everybody who's listening to this can hear us. Yes, hopefully so. As we apologize for not having an episode last week and then not telling everybody until the day of. (laughs) Listen, we thought we could do it. We thought we could make it. I thought I was going to make it no problem. Spirit Airlines had other plans. It was this whole odyssey to get where you were going. You got there eventually. Saga. It was just ridiculous. And I'm very sorry. It won't hopefully happen again. Right. (laughs) Except for next week. (laughs) Except for next week, but it won't be due to airlines. This is a planned delay. Yes. I have been doing a lot of traveling. My husband has taken a job as a traveling tech, similar to traveling nurses. He just goes to different jobs. And this time he was traveling back from, he's been in Martha's Vineyard the past couple of months. And so he is traveling back. He was traveling back and I was running down with him. And then we are making a trip out to Oregon for the next three months. So to keep my sanity and to keep the integrity of the podcast, because this next episode is going to be, I think, a little involved, mm-hmm. we decided to delay it by a week. Yeah. So there won't be an episode on the 16th, but we'll be back on the 23rd. Yes. With a hopefully nice and beefy episode because it seems exciting and a lot to cover. Yes. And we need a little bit of an oomph episode, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So this week, we'll see what happens. This is Haunter to Hoax. And I'm Kristen. And I am Jennifer. Thank you for listening to our TED Talk. (laughs) Yes, thanks for coming. Um, And this week, we are covering a place in Idaho called the Idaho tuberculosis hospital, but it's also been a number of things. I think it's been at least two hotels and it used to be a college. So uh, there's a many ways to research and look up this place, but for the purposes of where I discovered it on ghost adventures, it's the Idaho tuberculosis hospital. Yes. And let me tell you, For a place that boasts overnight ghost tours for like $139, Mm -hmm. nobody is talking about what's actually happening there Hmm. aside from ghost adventures. I I looked at the website for the place now. I've looked high and low in Google reviews, Yelp reviews. 
I looked on the actual like Ghost uh, Hunts USA website because usually they have like at least a little rundown of things. It mm-hmm. really doesn't have anything except for the majority of like the like the rumor is that this place is haunted by former patients of the TB hospital, uh, disembodied voices, footsteps, and some full apparitions. And but there's no there's no really specific stories that come to play at least when I look online so most of the stuff I have like most of my information does come from Zach Bagans and we know that he's a little bit of an unreliable narrator and we did not do this on purpose yeah we didn't like I was legitimately looking at places that like are listed as most haunted or just like you know places that seem like they would have a great history and stories mm-hmm. And so I kind of pick them out and we go down a list and, you know, for a lot of places that are really popular, quote unquote, and they have shows about them, there's not a lot there. Otherwise, I just wanted to preface that by saying I'm going to be talking a lot and solely about this episode because it's where I got all of my information. Mm -hmm. And basically it kind of this, this episode kind of takes off with the owner of the hotel who lives in one side of the hotel. I don't know if this is the case anymore, but at the time of filming, um, a woman named Svetlana and her 12 children lived in part of the renovated inn. Like she ran the inn and they lived in another part of it because this place is huge. Yeah. Um, The family was reporting apparitions of little children. The kids were seeing things strange. Svetlana had told Zach about like the attic She said that she had gone up there once and had her first experience. She was on the east side of the attic and she heard a shushing sound, like a sinister shushing sound coming from the west side. And so she quickly ran down and she doesn't go up there by herself. I don't blame her. I I mean, I don't blame her either. Although I probably would have had a little bit of attitude like, you shush. (laughs) I wasn't doing anything. Like I wasn't being loud. I wasn't even being loud. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is my attic and you keep it to your side. I'll keep to mine. They also talked to a housekeeper and she had reported seeing an apparition of a man in room 20. Her name is Gloria and she described going into room 20 to clean the bathroom and she was cleaning the bathroom. She was cleaning the sink and she looked up at the, the mirror above the sink and like looking through the mirror she saw a man sitting on the bed behind her don't like that which would just scare the shit out of me i just got scared for your husband walking into your room <laughs> I know. <laughs> right it's just like that same thing somebody's just creeping up on you yep she said that she turned around and she could still like see the apparition like he didn't disappear and he started screaming and she, it was and he was very upset that's terrible before he disappeared During the interview, she gets really emotional about it because she feels like she said at one point this TV hospital was turned into a mental hospital and she thought that this man was part of the mental institute that was there. And she thinks that a lot of the patients that linger are very sad, which makes her very upset and sad Um, in this. She feels like there's a lot of turmoil in the place. Mm. Those are just like the very basics that they got. Zach just kept repeating that there were feelings of evil, evil feelings, which evil feelings, you know, when is every, when does Zach never, ever go into a space that doesn't feel evil? I just want to know how many of those evil feelings are just perpetually him? falling around every, no, <laughs> just following him around everywhere. You know how things can attach? Like, yeah. how do they know? Yeah. 
they do get a lot of EVPs in this episode. They were looking for a room to interview at one point and they go into room three mm-hmm. and he tries to open the door and it feels like something is physically stopping him from the other side. And when he finally pushes it open, there's nothing on the other side. Like there's no like piece of furniture or like a door stopper or anything that would be a reason to prevent the store from opening. Maybe so, they just didn't want to talk to him. Right. So they, they set up the SLS cam inside mm-hmm. and they, you know, leave the door open. And there's also a closet like that's close to the door that was also open. And they got a figure like near the closet in between like where the closet is and where this door to the room is. Mm-hmm. This, they got this stick figure and they ask if it's a patient and is there something evil here? And around nine minutes and five seconds, they get a, a response, an EVP, which basically sounds like grunting. It sounds like a low growl, but it's very um, staticky. It's not something that I would say run to your Discovery Plus app and listen to it for me. It's just, it sounds like, a, it's like, sounds like a grunt. I see. So they have this experience. Zach then is again interviewing Svetlana, who is the the mother and um, the owner of this inn that used to be this hospital. And she reveals that two of her children have died since moving in to the the, the hospital. Okay. One, one died on the property and his name was Johnny. He had Down syndrome and was nonverbal. Um, and then one died in the hospital shortly after they moved in. Her 12 children, I think what I got from the interviews, she has adopted a lot of children with disabilities and special needs. I see. And so you could tell that it was like really hard on her talking about yeah. it. It was very, you know, I commend her for, you know, being able to be that open about her grief. But the thing with Johnny is that he's nonverbal, but he would grunt. Mm. And she told a story about how one day he like ran off into a part of the hotel, the inn that he wasn't supposed to be in. And he locked himself in a room and she could not find him for like a really long time. And Zach was wondering that maybe it was her son. Mm-hmm. He, She didn't remember which room he had locked himself in. I mean, who would, I mean, I would just be concerned about getting my son out yeah. of there. <laughs> no. Oh, he locked himself in room three. I'll have to remember that, you know. Let me just file this away for later. Right. But Zach did entertain the idea of... It may be her son who was like just like playing a trick on them and he they got this grunt. But then he was like going back and forth because the grunt sounded dark, quote unquote, to him. So he doesn't think like a child would make this sound. I don't know. I think that there's no way to make a grunt sound light, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about like nonverbal noises, they're not going to sound like normal noises. Right. So, I mean, and it could very well be. I'm not sure if Johnny was the spirit, uh, Johnny was the child who died on the property or if he died in the hospital, but there's that. They also talked to Nick Riggs, who was also a paranormal investigator. I could not find his website or anything about maybe his initial investigation. I don't know if they make them like public or if he's just doing it with his friends as a hobby, but I couldn't find anything on him. Mm-hmm. But he was interviewed and he told Zach that they were down in the basement where he says patients would be wheeled through on gurneys. 
I guess, to get from one point of the hospital to the other without like blocking the hallways or anything. He didn't say it was like a death tunnel like we've seen in other hospitals yes. where they would just, he was just like, it was just like the patient, like where they wheeled patients through to get to one place to the other, I guess. They went through the basement and he was describing an incident where he was on the opposite side of the hall from his cameraman who was sitting and it was basically, he was on one side of the hall, his brother was on the other side and then the cameraman was kind of like in the middle sitting recording and they were doing an evp session when he suddenly felt like something pass like an energy kind of like run towards him and then pass through him Mm -hmm. he said he instantly felt cold and drained he it kind of made him double over like you know when you get kind of like the wind knocked out of you Mm -hmm. um like if you get hit with a, let's say, a basketball in elementary school in the face and you just have to bend over a little bit and the wind's knocked out of you. Not that that's happened to me, but from experience, um, it would be like that. That's what I imagine it feels like. And he then had this after feeling of being very like upset and angry. So that was his experience. I did find it interesting that Zach makes a show of sitting down and doing research and he pulled up some news clippings. Okay. And he was researching some names of people who had died at the hospital of tuberculosis. Okay. He got a few names like Earl Jenkins, who was 25, Geneva Turner, 40, Isaac Tala, who was 65. And then he comes across Anton Beavers, who was supposedly 81. And he kind of stops scrolling and he's like, this name is just like... As I was like reading this name, it kind of like I just had this voice in my head saying like, it's me, like implying the growl that they might have heard earlier and the the apparition that the housekeeper had seen. And the thing doing all this is Anton Beavers. I see. And when he says that, they pan back to the basement where Nick Riggs is still doing his interview with Aaron and they started to do a spirit box session. And about the 17 minute mark, they get a spirit box voice that says, it's me. I am the problem. It's me. And he was like, I love that Taylor Swift song. I want to go to the concert. But it happens like simultaneously, even though they're in different rooms and experiencing different things. And that when Zach reviews it later, he's like, like, oh, my God, I just heard this in like my head. And then like you guys get in the spirit box. It might be Anton confirming mm-hmm. that he's there. Okay. Which uh, doesn't seem like the biggest stretch that has been on that show. No, no. And I, it was, it was interesting. I'm glad that he got, actually had like names of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he got the newspaper clippings from, and I don't know if they're legit sources or if they're from the Idaho tuberculosis hospital themselves or different areas. But I thought that was very interesting. During the investigation, they put Jay in the attic alone all evening. Love that. And they also, this is like the scaredest I've seen them in a really long time. And they like are starting to go up the stairs and Aaron sees this dark shadow what and it, what followed by what sounds like a uh, chair moving which like really like jarred me because like they're not around any furniture so it wasn't them and it's around 2216 and if you do have access to Disney plus I would love for you to hear that discovery plus yes sorry what did I say Disney plus Disney Plus. No, this is not a Disney show. <laughs> I was like, did things move? Because I don't see this being on Disney. <laughs> no, Discovery Plus. It is episode 12 of season 21. Timestamp? Oh, 2216. 
Right after Aaron and I see a dark shadow float by us near the floor. We all hear a terrifying, unexplained sound that shakes us to our core. Did you guys see a, a dark shadow? Elephant, trumpet, or chair? It sounds like a chair to me. <laughs> it, li- it like sounds like you know somebody's like dragging a chair across like linoleum or something, or an old man blowing his nose. Yeah, he had <laughs> they had tuberculosis. So um, I just thought that was like really interesting. It's like not an EVP like of a voice or anything, but it's just like a very like an unexplainable. They radio up to to Jay. They're like, hey, are you moving around in the attic? He's like, actually, no, I've just started standing. Like he was like, I wasn't moving at all. Like I was actually like standing still to get my bearings of being up here alone. And so I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting that mm-hmm. they got this noise nobody can explain. The rest of the episode is kind of a, a regular sort of episode. I... We'll kind of give some flyby timestamps of some EVPs I thought were interesting. There's one at 2640 all the way to 2720 that they get. And then at 2858, they get a scream and Aaron starts coughing like he's being choked up. He's like, he he feels like he can't catch his breath, which they attribute to this is a tuberculosis hospital. Maybe he's feeling the effects from one of the patients. Because mm-hmm. they were calling mostly patients and mostly Anton Bieber's. If you want to like a longer replay of that EVP, it's at 2950. And then they do a spirit box a little bit later. And Aaron thinks at the time it's saying behind you during the spirit box. And then Zach is like, no, it says it's going to get you. It's like, why do you have to make everything so, just trying so to warn sinister? You. There's like a a pile of dirt or something behind you like right. don't trip watch over those cords right watch your step maybe it's trying to be helpful and it's like no it's gonna get you it's like you have to make everything so sinister maybe it's what just, did it sound like to you I, it was just garbled at the time mm-hmm. i was like i was like i kind of agreed with the Aaron. it just kind of sounded like something behind you or something it didn't sound like somebody was gonna get you right <laughs> i don't know and then billy does go into the living quarters of the family's house uh, and in the end, and um, it was kind of creepy just because I hate anything to do with toys. But he was in the living room, and you hear this like toy dog go off in the kids' room, and it scares him, understandably, because he's alone in there. And so he goes into the kids' room. And it's one of those like puppies that like barks and then like you know jumps up on mm-hmm. legs and stuff like that. Um. He was like, oh, that's that's kind of weird. And he does all these kind of experiments where he tries to put his hand in front of it. He's like, maybe it's like motion activated or light activated and it doesn't really respond. And then he kind of pulls his hand away and then it jumps up. And he was like, understandably, like, let's get out of this room. <laughs> no, no location. It doesn't matter where you are. New construction, old construction. It does not matter. Any toy going off on its own is an immediate no. Yeah. I mean, that's why every, you know, child who had a Furby eventually took the batteries out. And then because... he put it back in and he had a cold, like you <sighs> left him in your closet for 20 years. And then you took the batteries back out because it was creepy and it made you feel bad. Yeah. Maybe well, my Furby, me. no, my Furby just kept going off constantly. Mm-hmm. Even was at what, like, even when I put it in the closet. So I ended up having yeah. to take the batteries out because I was like... <laughs> And then, this like, a part possessed. of you is, like, when you take the batteries out, like, it's still going to make a noise. What if it does? Yeah. Yeah. Burbies are actually 
demonic possession devices. I'm glad that they're not a thing anymore. Not yet. Ugh. No, thank you. Don't bring those back, please. You already have the Tamagotchi. Be happy with that. Say, That's about to say. the Tamagotchis. Guilt. Those came before Furbies, I'm pretty sure. No, no. No, thank you. My child will not be having one. And then the only thing I wanted to, for you to see is that the very end of the episode at 4111, Jay does take some pictures in the attic mm-hmm. of, okay, I have to preface this by saying, Zach describes what he's taking a picture of as a cage, and it's very clearly just an unfinished room in this attic. It literally looks like somebody was going to put like an extra bedroom or something up there and they just never finished it. There is This is not a cage, okay? I just wanted to let that be known. I don't believe that this is a cage. Um, but Zach heavily implies that it is. But it's a series of photos that he took and the there's an interesting phenomenon that happens in one of them. Photos. He discovers a shot of what appears to be some type of cage and watch what manifests inside of the cage in the next photo. I'm sorry, what? It's Those are clearly ca- studs. <laughs> it's not a cage. It's so obviously a room. I don't know. It's just an unfinished room. I don't understand. It looks like it might have been a bathroom that they could have been putting up there. I don't know. But it's not that is not a cage for anything. All right, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep on. What an idiot. <laughs> Here, a white, misty fog oh. seems to manifest. Mm-hmm. And while it's very distinct in this one photo, it's clearly not in the photo that was taken only a few seconds earlier. Could this be evidence that a spirit is inside here, or possibly that something tragic happened inside of this very unusual cage? Although. <laughs> he really wants you to, to think it's a cage. <laughs> I, I like it could still be a phenomenon an apparition some sort of white mist that has a paranormal link to it without it being a cage because she did say that she had heard something in the attic and oh, yeah, felt the very mist, uncomfortable the mist is like really obvious and that's actually an interesting photo and I really hate that he was like emphasizing this cage because I feel like a lot of people a lot of his viewers just got so distracted by what he said they weren't paying attention to what was, was actually, actually in the photo. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because they very rarely take photos on the show anymore and show mm-hmm. them. And so I thought it was very cool that the, he was showing the photo. And right before this, you can you can very much tell that Jay is obviously like taking picture, picture, picture. It's not like he's waiting for a really long time. Yeah. So these are very like minute by minute snapshots. And it is not there in one frame and it is there in another frame. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like the best piece of evidence that they got personally. I would say just one more thing. Like I said, they were very freaked out at this place. I don't know what it was. I think it's just being in such a big place. Like this place is huge. Mm -hmm. Being there at night when it's really dark and huge and you kind of feel very small. I think you're tending to feel a little bit more uncomfortable and out of place. Mm -hmm. So your anxiety is going to be a little bit higher. But it's like being at a... At a school after everything is closed. Yeah. Or there's nothing really wrong with the school. It just, it's a little, like you said, uncomfortable. Right. It's usually so so full of people Mm -hmm. and it's like deserted. It's just very, it's off-putting a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But while they are exploring this place, it's like very closely after that chair moving sound, they're like going down the hall together, Billy, um, Zach, and Aaron. And 
Billy is behind Zach and he sneezes and it scares the shit out mm-hmm. of Zach. And he was yelling like, why you got to sneeze? Like, oh my God. Like just it scared. It was so funny. I thought it was hilarious. Obviously Zach did, did not, but it was like such a good like comic relief moment mm-hmm. for all of them. I felt like, you know, they should be all laughing. Like, yeah, way to I break mean, up the tension. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm sure in a situation like that, like you're already kind of on edge um, and then someone sneezes. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was just a little bit funny. But other than that, like I said, o- outside of their investigation, like I couldn't even find if you are from the Idaho area and you have heard of Nick Riggs and his paranormal research and he has like a hidden YouTube that I couldn't find or um, a website that you know of or an Instagram, let me know because I couldn't find him and I would love to see if he, you know, has any of his own photos or anything, mm-hmm. but no, nobody is talking about this place. I mean, they put they put this place on listicles as being haunted, but nobody has any specific stories. Nobody has any like solid legends of who could be there and who it actually is, who's responsible for the things that they're seeing and hearing. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a good foundation, a reason besides this place is old, and it used to be a tuberculosis hospital, so a lot of people died there. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. Well. I can tell you about it after the break. Okay. Be right back. Do you love a good ghost story, tales of the paranormal, and sightings of the unexplained? If so, the Paranormal Exposed podcast is right up your alley. Join me every Wednesday as I guide you through a new spooky episode. Listen in as I give you the spooky stories and the facts to back them up, or poke a few holes in their stories. Whether you are a skeptic or a believer, this is a great way to explore and to expose the paranormal. We're back. We are back. Hear about this long history. Mm. (laughs) Well, we're going back to college. Okay. You are already there. I'm already here. I'm just Uh, taking a tour. (laughs) This building was actually a college that was established in 1917 called Gooding College because this is located in Gooding, Idaho. Mm-hmm. After 21 years, the buildings on campus were given to conference claimants. Claimants? I don't know. It's me. This is a Methodist term that I'm not familiar with. Board of the Idaho Conference of the Methodist Church. Okay. This had or this group had loaned money originally to keep the school operating. So I guess the school was done and they were like, hey, since you kind of paid for this, let's just give this back to you. So they gave it back. In 1941, the property was then given to the state of Idaho for the creation of the tuberculosis hospital. That ended up opening after a pretty significant time. It was given to the state in 1941. It ended up not actually opening until May of 1947. Okay. I saw a couple of news articles about like disputes of funding, political, 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 blah, blah, blah. But then also, yeah, like also World War II came around and Mm -hmm. kind of, I was going to say dropped a bomb, but that didn't really, (laughs) Uh, it delayed it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So 
The first patients were brought in by train in May of 1947, and I did see an article about that. It's like, oh, they arrived by train, and they were greeted with flowers, and it seemed Aww. very nice. So to talk a bit about tuberculosis, we kind of covered it in a few of our other episodes when we do state hospitals, because more than likely if they're built around in, this time, around this time, they're going to be dealing with tuberculosis. But just a bit about it, uh, by the 19th century, tuberculosis had killed one out of every seven people that ever lived. Mm. So that's like a crazy amount. Yeah. In the 1940s, a bacteria called streptomycin, which is similar to penicillin, was discovered to produce antibacterial byproducts that actually successfully treated the disease. So by the 40s, had you produced... Yeah, they had produced a treatment, but you were still getting it. You weren't necessarily Once, like about like 100% going to die from it. Well, I'll tell you about the mortality in just a second. Okay. So when you got this treatment, you would have improvement improvement within weeks. And with continued treatment, you would be completely free of the TB bacteria within like a year. Okay. In the 40s, the original mortality rate was 48.5 out of every 100,000. But thanks to the war and like the close proximity to each other, there was ended up being a 17% increase in cases, but overall due to the treatment by 1945, it had dropped to 15% or it, it had dropped by 15%, which was 40 out of every 100,000. Okay. Which still doesn't seem that bad, but when you put it in perspective to how it has been, uh, in 2020, the mortality rate was 0.2 out of every 100,000, and that was an actual 13% increase from 2019. So that's even like with the numbers going up, it's still 0.2 out of every 100,000, which is crazy. Yeah. But also to put that in perspective, I looked up the current like numbers and according to WHO, uh, 1.6 million people died from the disease in 2021. Really? Yeah. So it's not eradicated. They did say a good portion of that were uh, patients that had HIV or like mm. immunocompromised situations. Right. Which makes sense, but also a good amount of that of the deaths were caused by non-treatment. So people mm-hmm. had it and they either didn't get treated for it or they didn't know that they had it, that sort of thing. It just seems like it seems it's... like something that should be gone, but I was kind of shocked with the one point six million. Yeah. It's still around. Just another thing for me to be terrified about. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be in places other than America. The hospital was in operation until nineteen seventy-six. I didn't see anything about it being a mental hospital. So. Yeah, I feel like that's like just a rumor. If y'all have any like articles about it switching over, let me know. The building was abandoned and eventually purchased by Tony Woodford in 2002. I didn't see anything about Splitlana either. Okay. But I could have missed that. There wasn't honestly a lot of information about this place. So yeah, I think that so there's there's two different hotels that have been there, I think. Well, now it's completely different. It's not a hotel at all. Oh, okay. You can rent the whole place on Verbo. Oh, okay. I will be sure and link the listing if y'all want to go and it, stay there. Is it cheap? No. It's a thousand dollars a night. Wow. But Maybe if you're having like a big party. Yeah. Let me tell you about it. The West Wing has fifteen bedrooms and the East Wing has nine bedrooms. It also has a theater room, a playroom, a playground outside. In like an entertainment fire pit area. Cool. So when you look at the pictures, it honestly, it looks like a solid place to have like a family reunion. Yeah. The entire thing sleeps 99 people. It's got 64 Shit. beds, 14 bathrooms. So like family reunion central, right? 
Yeah. Or you could like and have it, like a really cool, like long weekend wedding or something. Yeah. It looks like really quaint. Mm-hmm. It's got like a food hall, fire pit, hot tub. I mean, it looks nice enough. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything about being haunted on the listing though. I feel like on Verbo, you can't really put that or people might not want to stay there. Although I am, like I said, I saw that like people do ghost hunts there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was the Verbo listing and then there's also goodingin.com. University Inn and Resort is what it looks like they're calling it. It's like one in the same. Looks like you can rent rooms or the entire place. So the other name for the hotel I saw was the hotel, I guess, before the Gooding Inn Resort or whatever was the get in bed and breakfast, which I thought was a clever name. That's what I saw. That hmm. was like one of the names of when it was like a place to stay. Interesting. But I don't know if Svetlana was the one that owned that part when uh, had had when it was that or not. Well, if any of you ever rent it out, let yeah. us know. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of the um, Google reviews I saw were people like saying, they stayed there for family reunion or a big family vacation and they had a lot of fun. I saw one say like they didn't feel like they were creeped out at all. Their kids actually like loved when it got dark because like the hallways were dark and they would put on headlamps and play like hide and seek and like oh, dark cute. tag, which just seems so wholesome. Yeah. Like a good game of manhunt in the giant tuberculosis what? hospital. <laughs> what a great childhood experience. Yeah. Lastly, let's talk about Mr. Beaver. Yes. Just one beaver. It's not plural. It's Anton C. Beaver. Okay. He was born April 3rd, 1883 in Norway, and he died August 21st, 1966 at Gooding Hospital. Okay. Let's see. The article says Anton C. Beaver, 81, died Thursday in Idaho State Hospital. State Tuberculosis Hospital of a long illness. He was a longtime resident of Orofino. I think that's what that says. Okay. He was born in Norway. He was a logger and he had been in Gooding Hospital for the past two years. Mm. He has no known survivors and he never married. Oh. So he did die there. Sad. But good that Zach Bagans wasn't lying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do I think that he's the one that's, like, responsible for scaring this housekeeper? And he's like, I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, you could say, like, oh, he didn't have any family or any loved ones to, like, reach out and connect to. So he kind of just stuck around the place that he was last for the last two years. But, I mean, dying of tuberculosis is a horrible disease to die from. It is very, you know, painful. You're basically drowning. Drowning. Yeah. So that's very horrific. I don't know if he would have any sort of, if there's anything there, it would be residual. I don't think it's going to be anything dark or evil. Or intentional. Or intentional. It's not yes. It's not an intentional sort of energy that's being manipulated. I would say that would go for this, the whole location. Yes. Yes. For sure. I think that if this place is haunted, which I will say the chair sound and the picture are very interesting compelling pieces of, of, of evidence i could see residual energy because this place not only was a college it was a hospital for a long time a mm-hmm. lot of people moved through it a lot of people died through it i think that it's going to keep that energy especially with more people coming through 
I just, I think I would be a little bit more inclined to say that it was anything if there was more evidence outside of a TV show. Yes. Yes, definitely. For sure. Especially a TV show that really sensationalizes, embellishes some things. Yes. But good job. Thanks. You too. I'm very glad that Anton Beavers actually did die there. I mean, not glad that he died, but glad that he died there. Because You thought that he wasn't going to be a a real person? I just thought that I was... I was kind of expecting you to look him up and him dying at a different hospital or like dying somewhere else in gutting, like not at mm-hmm. this place. Um, so I'm glad that that could be legitimate. Like, you know, that was validated. Yeah. Verified. Because mm-hmm. so many times we do get people that are like, um, like the Madison dry goods. Mm-hmm. Like, they died here. It's like, no, they actually died like another town over. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so yeah, that's always very validating when somebody mentions somebody by name, they actually did exist there. Yes. So yeah, well, like we said, next time. The week we have after episode, next. Yes. We have um, a very juicy, hefty episode. It's not going to be like about one place. It is mm-hmm. more about a number of places that have a common thread, I guess. Um, it'll be interesting. I feel like that's vague and specific enough. Yeah. Keep you guessing. Yeah. Maybe I'll put up a a poll or like a little question and answer of what you guys think we might be doing. We'll drop a couple of hints. Yes. What's your sage moment? Mine is this road trip I'm about to go on. It's so fun. Oh my God. Daunting, but fun. So we're driving from Georgia to Oregon mm-hmm. and it will be six days. We're going to stop in Arkansas. We're going to have another stop in Oklahoma another stop in Colorado, another stop in Utah, a final stop in Nevada, and then we will end in Oregon with our so two dogs. Fun. And my cat is being watched by my very kind brother so that all of us can make it across the country safely. Yes, which is great. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for you to take all the pictures and hear about all the experiences. We'll also put like a little... You're leaving on Tuesday when this comes out. So we'll, I'll put up like a little thing on Instagram. If you guys know any of like cool places to stop in those states or if there's any like. Yeah. Any cool places in Oregon. Yeah. Like historical or haunted places that you're like, Hey, this is a quick stop. You can let us know. And Jennifer can see if like it's on their way. They Yeah. Quick stop. That'd be great. For sure. Cause we are trying to break up the trek. The monotony of driving. Oh my God. I could not. I could not. It'll be fine. (laughs) It'll be so much fun when you get there. Afterwards, when you get there, you'll be like, oh my God, that was such a fun trip. But in the moment, it might be a little bit. Yeah. It's a little daunting, I think. Yeah. Just the entirety of it. But I am looking forward mainly to being being in Oregon for three months. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I bet it's going to be beautiful. I will not be able to come visit you. I think that I'll be too pregnant. Yeah, I'll uh, send you lots of pictures. You can live through me vicariously. Perfect. Well, cool. What is your sage moment? My sage moment is I'm in my second trimester. Very exciting. I'm finally not nauseous anymore. Even more exciting. Which is very exciting. I was, I had a rough late first trimester and a little bit into my second trimester, but now I'm kind of hitting that sweet spot. Everybody talks about of like the blissful baby stage where I don't really have like 
the urge to like not eat anything because I will get sick afterwards. So that has been very, very nice. And so hopefully that continues. And yeah, it's going well so far, I think. Yeah, it seems like you're in the nice in between of like, you're not so uncomfortable that you don't feel like moving. Right. But also you're not throwing up every five minutes. Right. I've gotten some of my energy back, which is really great too. motivated to do things. And I'm not huge yet. So I can still walk normally and sleep (laughs) semi-normally. Very important things. So important. But yeah. Uh, And then another thing, I know that everybody is just dying to know the movies I've been seeing. I saw three movies that I have not mentioned. I'll go really, really fast. Evil Dead Rising was very good. Oh, really? If you like like kind of zombie-ish... Mm-hmm. Uh, like kind of mm, gory-ish horror movies with an element of just like being really fucked up creepy. This movie is great. Very okay. entertained. Wasn't like very scared. Like not, I wasn't too scared, you know, but it was very good. Really good. Recommend it, which I didn't think I was going to like it. So uh, Bo is Afraid I saw with Joaquin Phoenix. It's an A24 film. Uh, it's the guy who made Hereditary in Midsummer. I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Oh no. I thought A24 usually makes really good movies. So I'm I'm going to say that I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it. It gave me a lot to think about. I very much would watch it again sometime. I just wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Hmm. It's just that weird thing of like, if you want to go see it, I'm you're more than welcome to go see it. But I would not recommend this as a sit down on a Saturday night and watch Bo is Afraid. Mm-hmm. So um, it is also very graphic and gruesome in just weird ways. And then on, yesterday I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. These are all very different movies. And that yes. was surprisingly, because I've been disappointed in Marvel lately. Mm-hmm. And that was so good. Oh, good. But if you are very sensitive to animal cruelty, and baby animals oh, no rocket please like this is a trigger warning this is it, it's very like i cried three times in this movie <laughs> um just because of like i hate just any sort of like mention or implication of animals being hurt and mm-hmm. there is like an emphasis on this it's a very good message as a whole i think which is yeah. what i haven't been getting from marvel very often lately um but i think that there's a good great underlying message of like animal testing and animal cruelty so i would recommend it well there you have it folks that's just a little see this coming weekend movie review yeah (laughs) instead of listening to our podcast you can watch these movies and tell me what you think yes (laughs) since we'll be gone um and that's okay (laughs) we will talk to you guys the week after next yeah we'll see you next next tuesday yeah Bye. bye Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.